You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. I'm a performance coach, a life coach, a biohacker, an entrepreneur, a dad, a meditator, a Pisces, and uh, I bring just the noise every single week. I love bringing the most useful information possible to you every single week, stuff that you can use, stuff that's interesting to help um, make it so that you can live most optimally in this world. So what's more optimal than a cup of coffee in the morning? I mean, this is the type of thing that we as biohackers have been talking about for a long time. You know, thank you to Dave Asprey for um, for really being a champion for um, high-grade coffee and for bulletproof coffee, but it doesn't end with him. It doesn't end with that. There is so much more that we have to learn about coffee, why it's good for us, why we should drink it every day, the massive, just crazy, crazy benefits uh, of coffee. And so on today's show, we're joined by the founder of Purity Coffee Company. And the way that they have approached coffee is that it's a health food and you should be drinking a lot of it. And it should be the most rich in antioxidants as it possibly can be. So here are some stats that will just blow you out of the water. Totally amazing. Here goes. 30% reduced risk of Parkinson's, 24 to 40% decreased risk for type 2 diabetes, 50% decrease in breast cancer, 30% decreased risk of congenitive heart failure, 22 to 25% decreased risk of stroke, 15% decreased risk of prostate cancer, 65% reduced risk of Alzheimer's, 40% decreased risk of liver cancer. Uh, amazing, amazing, amazing statistics that coffee uh, provides. It is the number one source for antioxidants. It is the number one source for polyphenols. It is one of the most widely consumed um, edibles, comestibles on the planet, and for good reason. Uh, it tastes amazing. It gets you going in the morning. And so we just dive real deep into the world of coffee. In this episode, we cover why coffee is the number one health food in the world, coffee as a prebiotic, the health benefits of coffee, which I've already laid out, the variability of antioxidants based on geography, processing, and roasting, and how you can pick out the best possible coffee if you're just picking up coffee at the store, organic specialty grade, roasted to medium range to sustain their antioxidants. We talk about where the best coffee in the world grows. Now, best is relative, but we're talking about the highest antioxidant content in the coffee. Everybody's got different different tastes and flavors that they enjoy when it comes to coffee, but what which coffee is like the best for you? And this might be it. Uh, we talk about why testing coffee for mold just isn't enough. It's not thorough enough. We talk about how coffee gets mold. We talk about regenerative farming techniques. And this is a theme that's come up a couple of times for us in the last couple of podcasts about how we get our foodstuffs and uh, regenerative farming is critical. So we talk, we describe the process, hand-picked, hand-sorted, not going through big, um, big machines, not going through turbines, and also um, um, supporting the communities that are growing these coffees where Purity Coffee sources their coffee. I've, I've drank this coffee for, I've had a couple of bags, and what I found, we actually talk about this for a moment in the podcast, what I found is the the effect that I get from this cup of coffee from Purity Coffee is one of like a full body energy, not like a buzzy, gross, methy sort of caffeine high, but like a full body energy that really lasts for a long time. Uh, it also is excellent for those morning bowel movements. And uh, there's just no way other, well, else to talk about it other than um, you get good poops with this coffee. You just, you just do. That is the truth. Um, there's a special offer. Uh, the guys, Andrew from Purity, has given us a, a special offer where you can get 20% off your first online purchase at Purity Coffee. So go to puritycoffee.com and uh, use the code BIOHACK, B-I-O-H-A-C-K, for 20% off your first online purchase. This is the type of thing, and we talk about this, this is the type of thing that you drink every single morning. It may as well be the be thoroughly tested, 
super, super high quality, arguably the highest quality coffee in the world, um, extensively tested for its antioxidant properties that will give you the greatest benefit and help your body the most. You know, three to five cups of coffee a day is like um, just about the best thing that you can possibly do for your body. And it's something that's easy to do. You know, choking down a bunch of kale is a lot harder than a cup of coffee. So please enjoy this episode. I really had a fun time talking with Andrew. He's a charming guy and he's got a lot of cool things to say. And uh, I really encourage you to take me up and take him up on the offer of the 20% off because it's great stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Andrew Salisbury. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. And we're here with Andrew Salisbury, the founder of Purity Coffee. Andrew, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on the show. So I, I'm going to go on a limb and say 99% of the people listening drink coffee. Um, um, so many of us start our day. with the first thing that we think about when we wake up in the morning. It's become um, a morning ritual um, for for just about everybody um, why did you get into coffee? What, what drew you, what, what was your thing? What's your Genesis story with, with purity coffee? Yeah, it was sort of interesting. I mean, it, it, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm, I'm English. And so I was never really a coffee drinker. And about four and a half years ago, my wife started having some health issues and luckily it didn't turn out to be anything serious, but she had low energy and she was self-medicating like a lot of us do drinking a lot of coffee. And uh, we had more than one fight about, I was saying to her, look, you know, you've got to slow down on coffee consumption. It feels a little bit like you're putting one foot on the accelerator, one foot on the brake. You know, this can't be good for you. And as I started digging deeper and deeper into this, probably to win an argument, I, I realized that there was actually some some huge health benefits to coffee. And, and I sort of got down a path working with um, the Institute of Coffee Studies in Vanderbilt University. And, um, and, and, you know, what they explained to me sort of blew me away in terms of the health benefits of coffee in general, you know, when it comes to liver and uh, prevention of type 2 diabetes and that sort of thing. So that's really what set me down the path is is to win an argument with my wife, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> what a what a great reason to start a company, right? <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> uh, what what's your what are, is your background in research, or are you an entrepreneur? Like like how is it that you decided to just go full one hundred and ten percent on it? It, it really is random. It's one of these things where I feel like the business found me in the sense that um, I've been in software for most of my life, software in Latin America. I built a company um, in five countries in Latin America and then just um, sold it. And I was looking for the next thing to do. And I never thought about getting involved in the coffee business. I mean, it's about as far removed from my core competence as you could, uh, you could find. But um, when I started delving into this and I started delving into the health benefits of coffee, it just felt like there was a crazy gap. And in other words, here's this product that people were demonizing and thinking at the time, you know, four or five years ago, that it wasn't good for them. And they were thinking about how to minimize the amount of coffee they were drinking. And the reality was starkly different, which is that, you know, people should look at coffee as a health food and they should be focused on. I mean, you mentioned this great point that, you know, 164 million Americans will get up tomorrow morning and drink a cup of coffee. If you've got something that you do every single day and you can make a minute improvement and start improving the quality of that thing that you do every single day, and that thing is very good for you in the first place, it'll have a big impact on your overall health and longevity. So it, it, it felt to me like a, a, a meaningful pursuit. Hmm. How many cups of coffee a day do you drink? Um, it's it's grown <laughs> over over the over the over the few years. I mean, I would say I'm, I'm pretty much stopped by about twelve o'clock. I'm I'm not drinking any more coffee. I'll drink about six or seven cups of coffee probably by twelve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, as a as a coffee guy, because I have my routine, and I think that uh, everybody is thinking about. Well, now they're like, man, I could really go for a cup of coffee right now. <laughs> um, yeah. But but what is your what is your preparation method? How do you prepare your coffee? 
I'm just regular pour over. It's it's um, it's pretty simple. I mean, I've got a, a bit of a mad scientist lab in the house in terms of different ways to prepare coffee. But my sort of go to is a, a standard Chemex pour over and, uh, you know, a good grinder. And uh, and, and that's as, as simple as it gets. Just, you know, black coffee pour over. Have you experimented with again? I'm thinking about um, all all the the people listening right now who drink coffee, who as biohackers, as personal yeah. optimizers, you know, they're familiar with the different different. This this audience understands coffee at least a little bit, and yeah. um, you know, uh, I I would I would venture to think that a lot of them have added butter or ghee or MCT oil to their coffee to have that sort of you know ketogenic fatty coffee to start their day did you uh you know you're a black coffee drinker um have you experimented and, and tried the the fatty coffee route i have I, I, I did it for a few years and i actually liked it as the first cup of coffee in the morning and then i would switch to uh to black coffee um but yeah it's, i think it's uh, personally it, it worked well for me i like the like the way i felt on it and you know obviously using my coffee but uh um, but yeah, it's a great delivery system for good fats, I think. So yeah, yeah. So my system is um, I'm pretty paranoid about plastic, and so mm-hmm. my wife and I scoured the internet for a stainless steel French press. Um, you yeah. know, we, we we got away. From, I mean, I can't even tell you how many hours of research we it just took to find how we were going to do our coffee. Obviously, Keurigs are one of the worst inventions on the planet. Just the thought yeah. of a pre-packaged plastic little cup that hot liquid, like hot water pours through to make a coffee just is insane to me when you think about estrogenics and you think about estrogenic chemicals and what it does to your hormones and so forth. But we settled on um, a stainless steel um, uh, French press. The only problem is that I I only get like really two and a half cups out of it and it cools off really quickly. So I guess there's nothing there. I'm just sort of sharing since we're talking about coffee, sharing about what I do. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you this, you know, um, let's talk about the benefits of coffee. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, did you win the argument with your wife uh, and (laughs) and, and, (laughs) shaking your head? Not even close. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, like what, what was what was the result of you diving deep into this and, and providing her with the best coffee? Uh, what, what are the health benefits that you are after that you, now you know so well? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different points to this. But I mean, the, the first point in terms of just generic, the value of coffee is if you're a coffee drinker, it's the number one source of antioxidants in your diet. I mean, you get far more antioxidants from coffee than you do from blueberries or kale or any of these other things, cacao. Um, not that those things aren't very high in antioxidants, but because you regularly drink coffee and you drink so much of it, the majority of Americans get their antioxidants from coffee. So it's that people don't understand that, you know, as a, as a health food, it's very, very high in antioxidants. But there's a big difference between the level of antioxidants in coffee, depending on where it's grown, the soil conditions, the, the, the elevation that it's grown, the way the coffee is processed, the way it's stored, definitely the way it's roasted. So there's a lot to it apart from just the antioxidants in coffee. Um, And the reason why this sort of matters is that coffee has been shown as an antioxidant to be very good to reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes. There's a a large um, nurses study, 1,109,000 people tracked over about 25 years that shows that if you drink three to five cups of coffee a day, you have a 45% lower chance of ever developing type 2 diabetes. So that's staggering. I mean, if you think about you think about why that should matter, you've got 25 million Americans who've got diabetes today, but you've got 81 million plus um, Americans that are pre-diabetic. So if there's something out there, let's forget about 45% lower chance or, or lowering of the risk of diabetes. If it's 10%, if it's 15%, it's a meaningful decision that you can make in your diet that'll have pretty big consequences. So, you know, that's that's one area that we focus on is the prevention of uh, type 2 diabetes in, in coffee, in coffee in general. You mentioned something about the liver. What's the connection between coffee and the liver? 
That's actually the one that is probably the, the, the highest, um, the best validations and the best studies um, in terms of the health benefits of coffee. In fact, uh, Dr. Sanjeev Chopra, who was the last dean of uh, admissions for Harvard Med School and is a liver surgeon, he's on our advisory board. And the reason he's on our advisory board is he says that in 35 years of being a liver surgeon, he's never seen anyone in his rounds that drinks three to five cups of coffee a day that is, has end-stage liver disease. So in other words, the way he says it is, if, 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 if you're a coffee drinker, you don't see me as a liver surgeon, that it's just like it is not an issue. And statistics and, and some of the studies that have been very, very large studies show that there's a 20% lower chance of ever developing liver cirrhosis and end-stage liver disease for every cup of coffee you drink from the baseline. So if you already drink two cups of coffee and you increase it to three cups, you improve your chances of ever getting uh, liver disease by by 20 percent, improving the risk of, of ever uh, ever contracting it. So wow. it's very powerful. Wow. So if, the, the bottom line is if you're drinking alcohol and what he says is, is very convincing is, you know, look, there's a lot of problems in drinking alcohol. There's a lot of things that can happen that, that are completely unrelated to liver health. But if you're drinking alcohol, you need to be also looking at coffee consumption as, as one of the ways to mitigate some of the damage you could be doing. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That that I, I don't know that I've ever heard of any study that had a million participants over a over 25 year period. That's crazy. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. The, these studies are not small studies. They're not little random studies where you can say there was two thousand nurses that we've got and we tracked them over a year or two. These are studies that are very easy to research, and I can I can send to your uh, your listeners the uh, you know where they can find these studies. In fact, we have them on our site, so you can look it up based on different diseases that you want to uh, to avoid having. But they're really large, well-researched studies. Over they're peer-reviewed. That means that you know they're, they're, they're studies that, that that are very, very credible and and very large studies. Wow. So as you de- so as you decide, okay, I'm going to go full on into this. I'm just going to throw myself into the science. I'm going to research. I'm going to go to universities to to talk to experts. You know, what, what were you really after? Like what, what was your, you know, as you decided, okay, man, maybe there's a business opportunity here. You, you obviously, you obviously wanted to do the best job. You wanted to have the best, highest quality product. And I'll, and I'll talk a little bit because I have, I have tried your guys' coffee um, um, before and I'll talk about sort of my experience with it, but I want to hear a little bit about. Um, the process of of settling on the specific beans from the specific area and how the altitude and the wind comes out of the south. Like, I want to know those details. Like, how is it that yeah. you'd settled on the product that you that you have now? Yeah, one of the advantages that we had, and the the the, the history of purity is is really about the history of some amazing guides, and that we've had some just fantastic people who've helped us along the way. So it started with the Institute of Coffee Studies in Vanderbilt, and they introduced us to Dr. and Professor Adriana Farrar from the University of Brazil in Rio, and she's probably one of the top three or four coffee scientists for health in the world. She consults for the World Health Organization, and I spent a lot of time working in Brazil. So so I called her up and we started initially just looking at a project. And, you know, as a scientist, she was very frustrated that working for well over 30 years in this particular field on coffee and health, you know, she'd seen the sort of evidence that supported that coffee really is a health food. And she still saw general the general public looking at coffee and thinking it's, you know, it was bad for them or cancer causing or, or certain problems. So she was really anxious to educate. And um, so initially it started as a project and we said, look, if we made every decision based on health, would we be able to come out with something that could be measured? And would we be able to say at the end of it, okay, this is measurably better, and would it be something that was drinkable, and would it be something that was affordable? But we wanted to look at those things last. And we said, you know, no compromise. We want to make every decision based on health. What would it look like if you had carte blanche to do that? And that's what we did, you know, initially. And we worked for about 18 months in research and development, looking at every stage. And, you know, the value was 
she knew most of these answers. So for us, it was one of these things where she could direct us. Like, I'll give you an example. You, you mentioned, you know, what's the farm that has the highest antioxidants or the best coffee? We, we learned early on from Adriana that doesn't exist. There's no one farm that we need to buy up all of the crop and it's going to have the very best coffee. Really what happens is you have to lab test coffee from around the world and pick the ones that are highest in chlorogenic acids because the CGAs vary from harvest to harvest and crop to crop. And so if you're not measuring the antioxidants in the coffee in the first place, there's no way for you to guarantee that your crop in this harvest is also going to be high in the next harvest. Um, so level of antioxidants was a really important thing. The, the cool chlorogenic acids and the starting point of really healthy coffee is, is a coffee that's very high in chlorogenic acids, which are the polyphenols in coffee. And there's a lot of things that create that, but you really can't predict it unless you tested in the, in the lab. So let's let's talk about the the chlorogenic acids and the polyphenols. I mean, for, for I think a lot of a lot of people kind of understand that polyphenols are associated with sort of like flavors and aromas, and they're good. They're you you know if you're if you're eating a colorful plate, you're getting lots of different types of polyphenols, and that's you know supposed to be a good thing. Can you can you go can you go a little bit deeper into the CGAs and the polyphenols and why that's good for us? What matters is it's an antioxidant, which means that it's anti-inflammatory. So it's going to reduce inflammation in your body. So the reason why you, you eat the rainbow and you eat all these different vegetables and kale and blueberry and that sort of thing is it reduces inflammation in the body. And not being a doctor, but this is, I'll give you, you know, um, third hand as is explained to me, is the reduction of, of inflammation in the body obviously causes a lower risk of disease. And it's one of the reasons why coffee has been linked to so many different disease prevention. And in other words, you know, we're talking about lower risk of heart disease, lower risk of, uh, of liver cancer, liver disease, lower risk of type 2 diabetes. I mean, it even goes to the extent of, you know, lower risk of gout. I mean, it's just there's, there's a wide range. And the reason why it, it's so prevalent and hits so many different areas in the body is because it, is, it reduces inflammation in the body. Mm. And that's the key point. That's, that's, really the, that's really the key point. Okay, so then as I, as I think about... It's really about being able to test test the coffee from all the different parts of the world um, to be able to come out with the best product. How is it that you're – so does that suggest that you're actually sourcing from lots of different farms and different harvests from all over the world? And, and if that's the case, how do, you, how do you keep a consistent flavor and product? Yeah, it's, it was an evolution for us. So it started that way. Our very first purity coffee was based on lab testing about 50 different coffees that were organic, that were specially grade. So there's, there's, there's two ends to this. We want the absence of bad stuff and the presence of good stuff. So the presence of good stuff is we want as many antioxidants and, and the CGAs as we possibly can get in the coffee. But we also want a coffee that has no, it's called primary defects. It means that it doesn't have any mold damage, broken beans, chipped beans, insect damage on the beans, no over-fermentation of the beans, meaning there's been too much water in the way that the coffee was processed. Um, we we want to have very high quality organic specialty grade coffee and then we want to lab test that coffee for the ones that are highest in antioxidants and then we want to roast it to maintain the antioxidants in the coffee so that the the end result in your cup is a very high quality coffee the the, the it started with us lab testing um, all the coffees around the world but then we started to see a pattern which is really interesting and this has only been honestly for the last eight or nine months we've started to put all these things together and that is that what we're starting to see is a, as a real correlation between the farming conditions and the amount of antioxidants in in the coffee so coffee is produced majority of coffee is produced in big sort of industrial farms and if you would look at it it's rows and rows of coffee plants or coffee trees and tractors that go between those trees spraying uh, pesticides and fertilizer and it's the most heavily treated crop on the planet next to tobacco so i mean just a tremendous amount of, of pesticides and fertilizer and and everything is done in industrial farming now what we started to notice is that the coffees that were highest in antioxidants were they had labels which typically were only associated to taste those labels were bird friendly they were smithsonian bird friendly they were shade grown there were there were labels that would indicate that it was hand-picked hand-selected and what we realized is why that matters is if the coffee needed to be hand-picked and hand-selected and was organic 
organic. It was growing in its natural habitat. So the soil conditions were very rich. The problem is the soil conditions in industrial farming was so depleted that you just had a lower quality of, of coffee when it came to the positive compounds that you wanted. So we started looking. One of the sort of filters that we looked for is initially we said, okay, it needs to be specially grade, needs to be organic coffee, but we also now look for coffee that is bird-friendly, Smithsonian bird-friendly, hand-picked, hand-selected, and we want coffee to grow in its natural habitat, and that makes a big difference when it comes to the health benefits. What it begs the question, What what is coffee's natural habitat? So, I mean, coffee... Coffee trees grow in mango around mango trees, and it's, you know you, you're going to see you're going to see birds and other forms of wildlife. You're going to see a lot of cover crops, not necessarily planted by man, but you're going to see a lot of cover over the the the, the ground. You're going to see it on a hillside and different levels of altitude. Um, so it's just as far removed from industrial farming as you can possibly get, hmm. and that's why hand picked, hand selected. Um, there's, there's a direct link. Um, one of the problems with coffee and health is that when these tractors go down through these trees, they, they pick the berries all at the same time. And the reason they do that is because it makes it more, more effective in terms of picking all of the harvest. But there's there's uh, ripe berries, there's overripe berries, and there's underripe berries, and there's moldy berries that have fallen to the ground. These tractors just pick everything, and their job is to then sort the coffee for only the, the, the coffee which is ripe after the fact. Ah. But if you can pick and hand select the coffee, you only pick the right berries. And what that does is it creates a much, much better quality coffee when it comes to health. Is that because uh, the the tractors, are, I mean, is there cross-contamination between the moldy berries and the, and the right, the, you know, the right berries that are just right? Like, is that what happens while the, while the tractor, through the processing uh, process? Yeah, if you look at a coffee tree, the, the, the cherries will ripen at different times. So at any one moment, there's overripe, underripe, and there's, and there's moldy berries that haven't fallen off the tree. The tractors pull everything. They pull all the berries. They pull twigs. They pull leaves. They pull stones. I mean, it's just really, it's, 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 uh, it's a process to catch everything and then sort for it afterwards. So there's things like the stoners and there's water processing. There's trying to separate the cherries. So the cherries that, that are... are um, uh, uh, overripe, either float or or and they scrape them away, or they they you know it's it's all about sorting for for the for the berries that are not the perfect berries, and so that's the thing that creates this just sort of you know this poor quality. The best analogy I can think of is it's like taking a moldy strawberry and putting it in a vat of fresh strawberries, and you come the next day and they're all moldy. It's because if you in if you show mold to to um, ripe product. It's going to create mold in all of the product. Yeah, let's talk about mold for a second. You know, um, for for those super biohacker types like myself, um, who, you know, when when uh, when when Dave Asprey first came out, like he basically he was on the Joe Rogan Experience, and which is the biggest podcast in the world, and he was like, everybody's coffee is is moldy. We did tests; every single coffee in the world besides ours. Uh, is cough is totally moldy. Ours is mycotoxin free. It's uh, it's it's the best in the world. Look at us. And then obviously, like from there, you know, we launched a bunch of other products. Is was was he exaggerating? Uh, is 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 moldy? Is mold on coffee? A or, or, let me just ask it this way: Are are most people drinking mold moldy coffee? Depends a lot on the quality of coffee that you drink. So I, I would say, yes, he's exaggerating. If that's what he was saying, that, that most people are drinking moldy coffee. In our tests, we tested uh, 49 coffee brands across a wide spectrum. So we, we tested specialty coffee and then coffee that's sort of Maxwell House and Folgers. So we wanted to test these coffee for antioxidants. We also wanted to test them some for pesticides and molds. We found about 25% of them in our testing had either yeast, uh, had yeast mold or other forms of mycotoxins. In some extremes, they had ochratoxin A, which is something that doesn't burn away in the roasting. Especially coffee, the higher quality coffee you get, the less likely you're going to have any mold in that coffee. But, you know, it's just the, 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 the problem is the industry generally, and I don't want to be a scaremonger because I don't believe, I think the majority of people are not drinking moldy coffee, but it's, it's 
people are so sensitive to it that I think it's something that they should. It's a, it's a very low bar. Everybody should have their coffee. They should ask their coffee company, is it tested for mold? And it should be tested for mold. I mean, this is this is a minor test. I mean, it's a, a $500 test. There's no reason a coffee company wouldn't want to go through that test and guarantee that their coffee is, is mold-free. And unless they have an issue and it's really cheap commodity coffee. So, I mean, I'm hoping people start asking that from their coffee companies. But yeah. as I said, it's a, low, it's a low bar. I mean, you know, if you've got coffee with mold in it, you've got a variety of other problems that, that, that you know, that, that you should be looking at as well. You know, everybody should be insisting that their coffee doesn't have mold in it. And so when you when you went through this testing phase and 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 understood, you know, the percentages of coffee that were that had mold on them uh if it's 25 percent for that middle you know uh 50 percent they may be mold free or you know trace amounts or whatever but you guys were testing for the highest level of antioxidants right and that and that because of the origin story because of of how you wanted to you wanted to build a brand and and deliver a product that was the highest quality is that right that, that that's what you are optimizing for from day one yeah and, and it really was a bit of a thought experiment it was you know i really didn't know what we would have at the end of this and i didn't know at the end of eight, it this dragged on and we didn't think it was going to be 18 months it started as a sort of three month four month project i started getting involved in it 18 months later we lab tested our coffee against the 49 brands and we said okay did we do what we set out to do and that's when we we had validation and that was really the first point that i thought okay there are people who are coffee drinkers who are also primarily health conscious, and they just happen to be coffee drinkers. It's that their their primary focus is what's the best products that I can put in my body, and so we wanted to make every decision based on health and just have no compromise, and 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 that's the way we we positioned it. Every decision we make is without compromise, without any regard to cost, and even without any regard to taste, even though happily we found that a really high quality organic coffee that's treated well all the way through the process is a great tasting coffee. That wasn't our primary driver. Our primary driver was coffee is a health food, and there's people who should be concerned about the coffee they're drinking, especially if they have existing conditions like you know, um, liver problems or prediabetes. They should be looking looking for a product which is actually very good for their health it's kind of funny I don't know if that answers your question. it does it does it's it's funny to me that uh, it's funny to me that you were from the get-go optimizing for the highest quality for most antioxidants because you were thinking of it as a as a health food that's that i think that's unique especially the fact that you were not as concerned with taste and flavor profiles and it just so happens that that the highest quality yeah. with the most antioxidants also happened to taste amazing that's right. That's exactly it. And when we started getting feedback from our customers, it was honestly a, a huge relief. I mean, yeah. we were just sort of right. I mean, we love the taste of the coffee, but we, we thought confirmation bias, we're probably going to love any tasting coffee that we've done because we know, you know, the quality that went into this. But, you know, I mean, that's actually one of the interesting things is that we want to explain to people, you know, our mission is, is better health through coffee. And we want to explain to people all the health benefits of coffee. But the moment we start talking about the health benefits, there's a natural assumption that this is going to be like wheatgrass and it's going to taste awful and you know you're going to have to choke it down as a health food and that's you know thankfully not the case yeah yeah (laughs) you know i i want to i want to talk about my experience with the product because um um i'm pretty skeptical um you know i eat uh keto 80 20 you know i've experimented with uh with the carnivore approach you know i'm i'm i i take a lot of vitamins and supplements, you know, I'm very cognizant of what's going into my body. And if I'm cheating, I, I'm, I'm fully aware that I'm cheating on it, on, on my, on my sort of dietary approach. And so, you know, I grew up in a tea family, like my, my father, uh, and mother drank, um, black, you know, orange Pico tea, uh, yep. red rose from Canada was their favorite. And so I grew up drinking tea from a fairly young age, actually. And my parents still drink, you know, probably eight honestly probably too much coffee now at this point because they drink they drink coffee until you know seven or eight o'clock at night um yeah. but uh i didn't really get into coffee until like my second year in college 
And mm-hmm. uh, and since then, as you know, as a performance enthusiast and um, the ritual of coffee, the smell of coffee, you know, the social aspect of going and meeting at a coffee shop and, and consuming it, you know, I've been I'm aware of the effects. And because I'm sort of I'm sort of a canary, like I'm very aware of what's going on in my body. Yeah. Um, I was I, I have certain caffeinated beverages that I like for certain um, instances, for certain types of activities and times of the day. And when I when I drank purity coffee, what I experienced was almost like a yerba mate sort of caffeine experience. And mm-hmm. I'll explain what that means. So so for a lot of the coffee that I've drank, which lots of different types, you know, I mean, especially in Seattle, there's a trillion sure. types of coffee, you know. Uh, I don't go to I don't I don't not go to Starbucks, but I really really avoid Starbucks. I just uh, I've got lots of problems with them overall. But mm-hmm. um, I know what coffee does to my body, and in two cups of generic coffee, I get that sort of clenched jaw. I get the sort of like uh, get a little bit of the you know sort of I get sort of Hulk Hulkified. I get a little bit angry. Yeah. You know, I get a little bit edgy, and I'm not as nice to my wife or my kids if I have you know shittier coffee and if I have a little bit too much of it. But when I drank the purity coffee and I had the light roast, I had this, this sort of like body energy that I was not expecting. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I had this, uh, this, this energy that wasn't, that didn't feel like a stimulant. It felt like a new, like a nutrient. It felt almost Mm -hmm. like a nootropic and your yerba mate, uh, which is a, um, Amazonian leaf tea, uh, we drink whole leaf tea. You know, you see the guys walk around with those little gourds with the copper straws, sipping yerba mate all the time. You know, a lot of soccer players, you know, will do that. Um, really popular, obviously in Brazil and South America where, where you're at. And, 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 and it's a real, it's an energy, it's an uplifting, optimistic sort of energy. And so when I, when I first drank, you know, and I, and I drank it every morning for a week I would grind it right there and then pour it um, and then do it in my in my French press. I was really surprised at the effect that it was because, again, I'm skeptical of just about yeah. everything, <laughs> and almost to a fault. And yeah. so I was like, man, I really hope that this coffee does either tastes different or feels different than all the other coffees that I have. And I, I was I was actually blown away by the feeling that I had from it. Um, you know, and and I don't want to avoid the the coffee and bowel movement experience because I think for a lot of people it's it's really important. Like yeah. I had a great bowel movement. Like I mm-hmm. I became very regular, um, n- not in like a purgative or gnarly sort of way, but I had had really great morning constitutionals too. I, we had a tagline for that that we wanted to use, which is purely <laughs> coffee. We're behind the movement. <laughs> <laughs> Is that have, have you heard that? I mean, have you gotten that feedback that it helps? Yeah, yeah, yeah Can, absolutely. Do, do you have any it's idea a, why? Yeah, it's a prebiotic, uh, ah. so it actually creates probiotics in the body. So it helps. It's one of the reasons why you know Italians would have an espresso after dinner because it helps with digestion and it helps move uh, you know move the bowels. So very good for stomach. And in fact, um, we've just come out with a dark roast coffee, which is better. There's, there's, the funny thing we're learning as we develop is that, that, that there's no one coffee. What we intended to do, our goal was the healthiest coffee we could possibly make. And now we realize that it's the healthiest coffees because there's certain compounds in coffees that are more available in a lighter roast than ones that are available in a darker roast. And there's, there's parameters that you need to be in. But, but there's a thing, uh, chlorogenic acids create a thing in a darker roast. Uh, they, they, there's, from chlorogenic acids, you get chlorogenic lactones. And chlorogenic lactones are more available in a darker roast, and they're much better for stomach digestion and a few other things that are very important. Mm. So, so you, if you haven't tried the dark roast, um, that would be a very good thing as well. And, and the one last point I was going to mention on the, you were saying about the feeling in your body, yeah. you have to try our decaf. Because try our decaf yeah. and you'll feel that there's a real sort of like there's an energy. And some people we get, you know, people writing to us and saying, are you sure there's not, you know, any large amounts of caffeine in this? I mean, I felt great on it, but I just but it, but but I felt like I was energized. And that's because you're feeling the antioxidants and you're feeling that the, the, those beneficial compounds and you're not seeing the results of, of caffeine. Interesting. So. Did you say that did you say that coffee is a prebiotic? 
prebiotic. I did not know that. So uh, obviously, the pre- a prebiotic is different than a probiotic, right? A probiotic is is introducing a new bacteria into your gut, but a prebiotic is a feed, it feeds the probiotics in your gut, right? It creates the conditions for probiotics. Right, right. Yeah. I did not know that. Uh, makes sense to me. Because I take a I take a prebiotic at night before I go to bed and helps me relax. It's got like green banana peel or green potato peel or something like that. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's such an interesting subject. I mean, what we've discovered is, you know, in the area of coffee, there's people who are just unbelievable experts at the smallest things when it comes to the taste of coffee and flavor notes and and how to brew the coffee. And in this one area, which we think is so important, which is the health benefits of coffee and what makes the coffee healthy, it's just a very empty field. And we're hoping that more people will start to recognize that there's there's a lot to be done. I mean, we're on the first rung of this ladder, you know, making it, us making every decision based on health with some really fantastic experts and guides but there's just a lot more to be done and it's just it's a very deep subject well since we're talking and since we're talking about it um uh any any thoughts feelings familiarity with coffee enemas yes yes my wife's a big fan um it's uh, that's where we came up with the tagline but um <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, honestly, I, I think it has to be up to the individual. I mean, I know that, 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 I mean, it's been very hard to find evidence, scientific evidence that, that, you know, one way or the other, there's, there's people who are, you know, huge proponents of it. The only thing that I would say is that if you're going to ingest coffee, however you're going to ingest it, you know, you certainly don't want to be taking coffee into your body if it's got mold in it, if it's got, if it's, if it's full of pesticides. As I said, you know, the one area that we focus on a lot more than mold is just that the sheer quantity of pesticides that are put on, on coffee and the, the types of pesticides, there's no levels of oversight like there is in the U.S. If you have a product in the U.S., you're going to have at least some level of oversight on, on the pesticides. But, you know, all the pesticides that are banned in the U.S. are being regularly used in Latin America. America, and they're used on like glyphosate. They're used on uh, on coffee crops, and it's a, it's a big issue. And and that's I mean, frankly, I think that's a bit of a, a dangerous experiment. And um, and that's one of the areas that we insist on. So all I would say is, if you're going to use any coffee for coffee enemas, just be be as diligent about the quality of the coffee. And I'd be happy to tell you what's to look your customers to look for if they're out and about and they, they can't get a bag of purity and they want to just get generally what to look for in coffee, what would be good for their health and, um, you know, if that would be useful. Yeah, I think it would be useful. Yeah, please continue. So the, the, the first sort of standard to look for is you want to get, if you are going to a, um, a, a coffee roaster and you want to get your coffee fresh, and that's sort of the, the, the final mile, the reason you want to get it fresh is if you've done everything right, um, there's a drop off of about 25% of the antioxidant level in coffee after about 15 to 20 days. So when the coffee stales, people don't think of coffee staling. They think of it as, you know, I've had it in my drawer for six months and it's still something I can make coffee with. And because the taste isn't dramatically different, they think that it's just as good for them. But the reality is the the antioxidants drop off quite dramatically after about 20 days. So first thing is the coffee needs to be fresh. So I would go to a local roaster. You want organic coffee and you want specialty grade. You want to ask them specifically for the highest grade of coffee, which is specialty grade coffee. And the reason for that is it doesn't have defects in the coffee that I mentioned earlier, like insect damage and charred broken beans. Um, some of the some of the 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 indicators that the coffee hasn't been processed in the right way, and all of those are linked to health benefits. And then the other trick, which is we're the only company that I know of that does this. But the roasting of coffee makes a huge difference. So if you under roast coffee, the moment the bean turns brown, you have acrylamide in the coffee, which drops off in the as the coffee gets darker. Now, acrylamide's not healthy for you. There's been a big fuss about it with Proposition 65 and having cancer warning labels on coffee. But you want to minimize the amount of acrylamide in coffee. And in the darker roast, like the really, you know, the famous sort of the big coffee chains who, who have very dark roast coffee, there's a thing called polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, which are very bad for you. It's, you get that in any charred food. So you want to be sort of in the middle. You want to be, if you were talking to a barista, you want a city to full city, um, which is a medium roasted coffee. And that's the safest bet. 
If I was buying coffee for my wife, it would be organic, specialty grade, medium roast, and it needs to be fresh. What, so and, that would be the criteria. Okay, and that, that just sort of implies organic, right? No, you have to ask. You have to absolutely ask organic. I mean, there's other levels that you can go to after that. You could ask for. I mean, what we're targeting is regenerative farming, so it's hand-picked, hand-selected, bird-friendly. You know, we lab test for antioxidants, but the average coffee, well, you're not you're not going to find that. Um, but if you're out and about and you're looking for a great coffee, you you'll do well by going to a local roaster and asking for organic, specially grade, medium roast. Hmm. You said sort of a buzzword for me, which is regenerative farming, and and it came up in a in a podcast episode I did a couple of episodes ago with I don't know if you're familiar with the name Rob Wolf, who's just he's sort of the, the father of of uh, of the paleo movement, um, you know, really a, an expert in in nutrition, and um, he's co-producing a, a film on regenerative farming techniques, and I think, uh, well, I know you're onto something because. Um, the opposite of regenerative farming is monocropping, um, yep. the, the, you know, rows and rows and miles and miles of the same thing with like depleted miner- with depleted soil, um, which is why we can't get the nutrients that we get. But the fact that you're sourcing handpicked n- regenerative farming, I think that they're that it's really uh it's progressive it's it's really forward thinking um and and you know if it's 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 funny because it sounds like it's for the re- the reasons that you want regenerative farming is like well yeah. we we want the best quality we want the highest antioxidants and it just so happens again that when they yeah. and it is the highest quality the most antioxidants it's 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 harvested in a way that is also sustainable yeah, and, and that wasn't our direction. Our direction, we didn't want to be all things to all people. Right. We weren't trying to be, you know, good for the planet. We were just, you know, we really just wanted to focus on what was good for an individual's health. But we were directed by lab results, and the lab results kept reoccurring the same sort of message that as we started looking at the farms we were buying from, and one of the one of the things that we need to do as a company, and you asked about how do we create this sort of like the, the consistency in our product, we'll lab test, you know, 40, 50 coffees from around uh, different regions, find the ones that are highest in antioxidants, and then we'll go and buy all of their harvest. So we'll buy up the entire harvest on that uh, with that farm. And then if we work with them again, we'll also give them a stipend to improve some of the conditions in the soil and we'll move in the direction that we want to go in. But what we noticed is as we were starting to buy all the crops from, from these farmers, that they were having that sort of behavior. It was all regenerative farming. It was all hand-picked, hand-selected bird-friendly, shade-grown, grown in its natural environment. So we weren't driven because we wanted to do something that was good for the planet. It just happened to be a, co- a coincidence. And we want to do things that are good for the planet, but it just wasn't our primary driver. Our primary driver was an individual's health. Yeah, wow. That, that, that's interesting. So does that, do I have this right that, that, there, that there can be and will be sort of variability in the, in the flavor profiles uh, in the coffees like season to season, year to year? There will be, but what we do is we, we minimize that by buying such a large amount of the harvest. Um, so we buy, you know, pretty much we, we have three coffees that make up our blend of coffee today. So we've got a Honduras and a Colombian and a Nicaraguan coffee that all reach that very high standards. And we might alter those degrees, the amount of that coffee by minute levels, and we'll slowly introduce new coffees into that with a similar flavor profile. One of the guides that we have, one of the people that we were very lucky to get, um, Ildi Revy um, was uh, worked for the Specialty Coffee Association for about 18 years, and she's an instructor for Q graders. A Q graders are like the sommeliers of coffee. She's the people who give them the exams and and and, and judge them. So she's just fantastic at creating a flow, flavor profile and keeping that flavor profile consistent through the coffee. And honestly, without her, we would be you know in trouble. <laughs> I'd love to hear more about that. that I mean, that's it, the mastery is is fascinating to me. You know, people who are just obsessive about their thing. Um, you know. The, the film, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the film SOM, S-O-M-M, which refers to like the sommelier yeah, process. Sure. Fascinating. Yeah, the same thing, same thing exists for coffee? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, you know, they have a flavor wheel and, you know, they, they talk about notes of tobacco and cinnamon and, you know, and different fo- different sorts of chocolate, whether this is this is a Hershey chocolate or this is a, a cacao chocolate. And, you know, it's just incredible. I mean, they, they're way beyond my 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 ability. And so it's uh, I trust on, on people who are experts. But uh, but yeah, she's she's masterful at that. Tell, tell us a little bit more about the team, um, because I, I'm, I'm fascinated, you know, when you're when you're when you have people on your board of advisors who are the best yeah. in the world at what they do, you know, for, for a guy like you who started out, you know, trying to win an argument and help his wife, which is, I mean, as admirable a an origin <laughs> story as I can yeah. think of, uh, you know, h- how is it that you were able to, 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 to collaborate with such high level coffee people? What makes you a big shot, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's the fact that we have something which is meaningful to these people. So, um, Ildi Revy, for example, Sanjeev Chopra, Adriana, there was all a level of frustration that we tapped into there, where they were so educated about the health benefits of coffee and realized that nobody was talking about it, and they were really encouraged that there was a, an opportunity to take a run at this and start to educate people. So, Sanjeev, very frustrated in terms of, you know, regular we're talking in front of 6,000 plus doctors. Uh, he even wrote a book he talk, talking about the five things. And these are the five things that you should do to improve your overall health and longevity. And chapter number one was coffee. Hmm. And so he's like, that was his focus. He would talk in front of doctors, thousands of doctors and liver surgeons and talk about why you not prescribing coffee to your patients. Hmm. And Adriana, who'd worked for so many years consulting for the World Health Organization, you know, trying to reverse the, the very old findings that coffee caused cancer, which, you know, it was a, it, they had it until about seven years ago at a very mild level, but there could be some association, but it was based on really just debunked um, science, which was where they, they linked coffee drinking with also people who were cigarette smoking and drinking alcohol, and they didn't sort for that group. And when they sorted for them, their findings actually re- reversed. So, you know, the, the common thread is that these people are passionate about getting the message out about coffee and health, and they have a very valuable part to play. So it's, um, you know, what we try to do is we're trying to bring in some, you know, really great guides to help us through this. And again, that's one of the advantages of not coming from this industry. I have no vested interest. My, 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 my mission is clear. I'm going to go in every direction I possibly can where the direction is of coffee and health and how to improve health through coffee. And I don't need to compromise. I don't have an existing business that has vested interests in, in, in you know, one, one of the, the issues with, with large coffee companies is they have a business model that couldn't support coffee for health. Um, about 3% of coffee that reaches the U.S. is organic. So a very small percentage of coffee is organic because it's difficult to farm organic coffee, which means that if you wanted to be one of these large chains and sort of introduce coffee and health as a message, you would have people start to realize, okay, well, if, if coffee is so so good for me, what makes it good for me? And a lot of those things like freshness of the coffee, not over-roasting the coffee, um, you know, and that it's, it's organic, are all things that are very difficult for large coffee companies to, to reproduce. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I guess that I guess that makes sense for the, I mean, I don't, nobody drinks folders anymore. I mean, it's, so it's, it's not a fair, it's not fair to like call their name out because yeah. no, nobody, besides my grandmother, who doesn't even drink yeah. folders anymore? Uh, the, yeah, I mean, when you get that big, and it's that hard to keep the price what it is you're going to cut corners it's just the nature the nature of it you know um it it begs the question though for for a guy like yourself who's got this this excellent product that has i mean and the reviews are really incredible um yep. how how do you factor that in in your sort of growth model how how are you thinking about the 5 and 10 year plan for systems to keep the price affordable for people and and also keep the quality high like uh, i don't want to put you on the spot but i just did like yeah. how, how does that factor in well i think the 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 nice thing about coffee is that it's 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 actually a relatively cheap product if you think about it in terms of, you know, if you, you go out and buy the best bottle of wine, forget the best bottle of wine, you buy a, a, a mediocre bottle of wine and it's $20 or $30, you know, for a, for a reasonable bottle of wine, you can have one of the best coffees in the world and be drinking it for, for two 
two weeks straight and the bag will cost you twenty twenty five dollars so in relative terms it's not an expensive product and the 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 difference between our quality and other people's quality is typically eaten up in margin for these companies meaning like they're charging more or charging the same amount of money and their margin is higher and they want to sustain that that profit margin you know i i have the um i don't know if i say luxury but but this is i've, I've done other things in my life other businesses and this is a business of passion and i'm i'm lucky enough to be doing something that i am passionate about and and i'm not as driven there is no exit in my mind there is no build this thing up and sell it to an, a you know uh, a, a company that takes it in 10,000 doors. Mm. It's it's being consistent and it's, it's really exploring where coffee and health could go. So, you know, I got to tell you, that's so refreshing. I mean, it's, um, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I think about, I think about what that means to the end consumer um, for a guy like yourself who has, who has been successful in other areas that decides like to pick up this, this curiosity that turns into sort of this greater curiosity that turns into a hobby that turns into a business opportunity that like that, that makes sense to me that that makes sense to me that you're in this because you believe in it and you found other people that also believe in it. And so it's not like you're trying to, you know, take over the world and have the, you know, have, you know, six mil, and, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it, what you've just said is like, if this is, this is not like a big play business exit thing for me. Uh, like I want to, I want to make an amazing product that everybody can enjoy and do it in a way that, that, that is okay with my morals that I can stick to because I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. I mean, you're obviously a very healthy guy. Um, you know, you read the labels on some of these things, you know, vegan products, and, and it's just amazing. It's just the sort of quarters that are cut, enormous disguises that, that food goes through where it's, it's, it's meant to be very good for you. And then you read the fine print and you realize just how bad it is for you. And, you know, and what we want to do is we want to be very, very consistent in our brand promise, which is that every decision based on health, no compromise. So people can not have to worry about the details and know that, you know, when we have shows like this and we talk about all the decisions that go into, into what makes a really healthy coffee, that we're going to make every decision based on health. And that's just, you know, and I'll do that if there's if we only have a thousand customers or if you have a million customers, because I, I think it's a you know, it, it's a worthwhile, you know, cause. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I'm I'm seeing myself making lots of comparisons to wine, um, um, you know, for, for me. And we've had uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Dry Farm Wines. Um, we've yep. had Todd yep. White on the podcast before that the, the same level of integrity, the same level of like supporting the community, the same level of it has to be dry farmed. It has to be sort of lower in alcohol. Um, it has to be organic with no sulfites or colorants or any sort of shit like that, that, yeah. that, that gives you like flush face and a headache in the morning. So, you know, when I yeah. turn that corner after having him on the podcast, like, I can't drink shitty wine anymore. Like I, I just can't do it because I've I know what drinking really high quality wine is like. I know that I I I will I will pay a couple of extra bucks if I'm going to drink wine. I'm going to pay a couple of extra bucks yep. to enjoy the wine and and to wake up not feeling like dog shit the next day. Absolutely. And and you guys kind of have similar mindsets, kind of similar backgrounds, kind of similar like. Yeah like mission statements around providing a, a, a consumable that is so ubiquitous that every, that, that may so many people drink, but doing it in the right way. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, what they're doing is, 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 is admirable. I mean, people like and enjoy red wine and, and enjoy wine in general. And for them to create this matchmaker model where you've got people who are health conscious and also linking them to really great quality producers of wine. I mean, I think they're doing a fantastic job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, this is a probably a good place for us to, to, to mention the offer. Um, you guys were nice enough to, to provide a, a 20% off your first online purchase at Purity Coffee using the code biohack. I know everybody knows how to spell biohack, B-I-O-H-A-C-K to get 20% off. 20% off is, is really gracious. Not very many companies do, you know, it's usually 10 or 15. So thank you very much for making this offer to people. Um, I, I really love it. I have, uh, I have some dark roast on the way, good, good. but a key, a, a sort of a key thing for me that, that I wanted to highlight is that 
in order for it to be the highest quality to be to retain its flavor and, and to keep its the most number one thing the antioxidant of it it really does have to be like you have to drink it in a month you shouldn't sit on a bag of coffee for two months because the benefits start to start to, de- to deplete so i know that you guys have uh sort of recurring um recurring models to send people fresh coffee because that's important to yeah. the end goal right that's right. Yeah. So you can order it on a subscription model. You can order it a la carte and just get a bag when you need it, but also on a subscription model. And uh, in that, that is the important point. You know, I mean, I go through a bag of coffee in about two or three days, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, you should, you should drink your coffee within like 15 to 20 days yeah. once you've opened the bag. It's nitrogen flush, so it's fresh. If you were to sit it there, you know, in your kitchen for a month, two months, three months, it's fine until you open the bag. And the bag is nitrogen flush, so it's inert and it'll stay fresh until you open the bag. But when you open the bag, the staling starts. Yeah, right. Awesome. So I have, uh, you know, I have, I have a. Um, first of all, give us the give us the details. Where can people find out more about Purity Coffee? Where should they go? What should they do? Yeah, um, puritycoffee.com. So just go to our site. Um, you know, have a look around. There's just a lot of uh, information around the health benefits of coffee as well. There, particularly when it when it, it's uh, attached to certain disease prevention. So if you're interested or curious about liver or, or prevention of type two diabetes, you can actually look at all of the studies that we feel like are the best supported studies. But puritycoffee.com and uh, yeah. So the last question I have, which uh, which is is purposeful to sort of catch people off guard is a fill in the blank question uh and mm. this can be based on any any experience in your life um doesn't necessarily have to be tied to coffee uh and and feel free to elaborate as much as you want but please fill in the blank everyone would benefit from knowing well, I mean, I'm a little biased, but everyone would benefit from knowing that, you know, that coffee is one of the best things that you can drink for health and longevity. I mean, it's it's the one of the easiest decisions you can make. You can make you're going to drink coffee in the morning anyway. It's such an easy decision to choose a really good quality coffee for your health. And it actually is beneficial. Like I can't think of any other shift you can make. Changing the quality of your water is not going to change your life as much as changing the quality of your coffee, changing the quality of your beer, your wine, your juices. I mean, this is literally one of the easiest decisions that you could make to improve your overall health and longevity. Wow. Awesome. Andrew Salisbury, thank you so much for joining us today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Perfect. Thank you very much. And scene.